Welcome to It's a Barge Life, Views from the Wheelhouse, Episode 2. Hello, everybody. I thought we'd had a bit of a smoother intro than our last times, just to sort of make sure that our transitions are working better. Yeah, I think that was the thing we noticed about the first one, was uh, we needed to be a bit smoother. We certainly did. So on, how can I say, I was going to say tonight's episode, but it's actually morning. So... On today's episode, we're going to be talking or taking you back to some of our Dutch barge viewings. Indeed. When we started this process, we decided that uh, we wouldn't actually go and look at anything until we had the money in the bank. I know. I, I think it's though like we're like children we are. It's, <laughs> it's so exciting to think to ourselves, you know what, let's well, start looking. Well, back in February... Uh, A boat came up and it was literally 20 minutes drive from where we live. So we thought, well, we're going to have to go and have a look at it just because it is so close to us. So we popped along, we went to sea and we think it's John and Marie, but we can't quite remember. Yes, you have to look on our vlog. We should have done that homework ourselves because they were a very nice couple. They were. And they had a boat called the Angio 2, which is a, what type of boat was it? It's a Craftsworks boat i think it was made in nottinghamshire and we'll talk about the shires later on coming from england but anyway go back to sarah yes so angio 2 was on the canal calder and hebel that's the one and as i say it was in just in doncaster not that far away from us and if you can remember and bring your minds back before covid it was the time that britain was being hammered with the worst weather storms and we were lucky enough to view this barge maybe a day or two before. <laughs> on the morning before the whole, the Trent uh, decided it didn't want to be in the river anymore and it wanted to be on the land. And yeah. they had some horrendous flooding. So people who live in that area, not only did they have flooding in February, but then we all started on this other crazy deal. Yes, yeah, so going back to Angio 2, we took old Margot with us. We went in our... Our V-dub caddy, if anyone likes V-dubs, we're into our V-dubs. Used to have a split-screen 1967 microbus, which was really cool. Indeed. Sorry about that. You digress. <laughs> <laughs> so we went, so we, we went and we parked. White over green as well. Had a, um, had a nosy down the towpath and had a look at it from the outside. And then, uh, obviously, then we went round and had a look inside. Tony really loved it. I, I wasn't so struck on it. It was nice, but it was not as nice as I would have liked it to. The, the, it's the wheelhouse for me, all about the wheelhouse and what you can do in your wheelhouse. And I mean that cleanly, as in sleeping <laughs> and eating and relaxing. Yes, because so. if you can imagine being abroad and, and we were in the sort of south of France, it's leave the doors open, the back door, and the wheelhouse would be the sort of main central points off and off the bank. So, yes, I quite agree. I mean, we've seen a few wheelhouses which doesn't sort of like come together as a central sort of, how can I say? I I personally think whatever the weather's like, if it's hacking it down with rain, that's where we'll be. If it's really sunny, that's where we'll be. No matter what we're doing, I imagine our days will be mostly spent in the wheelhouse Quite true. And this is views from the wheelhouse, of course. There's no point having a, a podcast or anything to do with any Dutch barging if we'd, we're doing a podcast views from the wheelhouse and we haven't got one. And we're just going to, oh, I'm just going to go off on to um, a, a tangent and tell you what the weather's like here now. 
So because we're in our back bedroom. We're going to call that the wheelhouse for for this time being until we actually set foot on our Dutch barge. So you don't need to look out. It's one of those days in in Britain, or I'm going to come back to England, whereas it can rain as soon as you get up and rain all day until you go to bed. It's been (laughs) the last... Not saying it's depressing. The last couple of days it's been grey and, as the Scottish would say, dreek. Wet, miserable and horrible. So that's I'm a bit fed up. So that's my rant of the week for this week is the weather in England is disgusting. Rant of the week! <laughs> yes, the British weather. So uh, we, we go to, to Britain. I mean, I, I feel sorry for the Scottish because obviously they, they have to, uh, how can I say, deal with the cold. We deal with just the sort of, how can I say, middle tone sort of weather in terms of rain. Not so cold, but... It does get sort of fairly dreek sometimes, and it does. It's very dark. I don't know what these clouds do, why they just hover around us all the time. Why are they going to just move on? <laughs> As they say in Leeds, jog on. Yes, lovely. So yes, so going back to Angio 2, it's a craftwork, 55 foot long and about 12 foot across on the beam. It had an after cabin as well as a forward cabin, which I thought was great. The wheelhouse, again was okay, but not a place where you could sit down and have your drinks. And what we do, Sarah and I, which we love doing, it's one of our hobbies, is people watching. Mm-hmm. We have spent many, many, many afternoons in Leeds in various bars watching the world go by. Yes, and I remember, if you can remember this, it was in the uh, Double Tree Hilton, we had the phone family come in. <laughs> do you remember those i do i'm sure they were sat across each other there was four of them and each one had their phones out and i'm sure they were texting each other as opposed to talking well i think that's unfortunate that that's what a lot of people are like these days they do i mean i've noticed that we go good old pubs the british pub i mean i know they're all sort of locked down at the moment but the majority of the youngsters i've noticed in, in terms of pubs i've, I've missed that sort of like eye to eye contact <laughs> you know that edwin star song so when you go in there you can't get there they're the, the sort of like how can i say eye contact i want a pint of of lager or beer or whatever it, because they're, they're used to just having their heads down on their phones well that's how you order a drink these days but then saying that our sons call us millennials because we're always on our phones aren't we indeed yeah <laughs> no but when we the we have been to the pub once no twice since uh lockdown and um the first one we went to it was you tap you picked up their app and um tapped in what you wanted yeah. and they brought it out which was quite good the, well i'm i'm getting quite as you get to know me and get, get us through these podcasts don't forget this is episode two you'll get to know that i'm i'm living in a more of a demanding world in other words if i like something i want it pretty swiftly yes well Perhaps it's my age. It, <laughs> it might be something to do. Anyway, going back to the NGO2, should we finish with that now? Why? We're not even been on it yet. We have. All right. You started, yeah. It was lovely and it had, you know, it was very cosy and it had a lovely um, uh, solid fuel fire, didn't it? And they said it was, it was, um, they were they're living in a marina where there was no electricity, so... It must be, you know, good to go as in, yeah. um, you know, living, living at, off, grid. off grid. 
That's right. I mean, I must admit, I thought it was great, but as we're learning, so that was the first Dutch barge we we looked at because it was down the road and it fitted our criteria. It wasn't a Category C, though. No, that's right. The price point was just right, but again, Category C, that's what we want, and that's the build quality of the barge. And um, Why do we need a Category C, then? I, I think to do purely with the structure of the barge to make sure it could withstand certain degrees of waves... And what was it? Waves. And we waves? need to. I mean, it's because we need to be able to take it across the channel. And you yes, can, and that's going to be quite exciting going across the channel. I hope you guys can listen when we do that because that's going to be squeaky bum time. But the good thing, because I, I I have a what's it chin out type situation in terms of what I do in life. I'm chin out no matter what's behind me. And I'm I'm off. To Sarah's uh, happiness, or what, what was it, satisfaction, we have to have a skipper go across to deal with insurance going across that channel. So, ooh. Yes. <laughs> so we <I'm> delighted. <laughs> I don't know why she's delighted, because I would have just thought, I would have really enjoyed that. I mean, going back again to those guys who we listened to on their podcast, Timothy Spool, didn't they go across the channel? Uh, no, they did go to Ireland, though. Oh, well, they went to Ireland. This is with, without a VH radio. Uh, no, no. No, the first time they went out and into, well, out of the wash, I imagine it's called, um, they um, went out without a radio and um, had to be rescued by the RNLI, so... <laughs> oh, yeah, I think you touched on that on the last podcast. Yeah, we like? don't wanna, I don't want to so, be in that position. So, the, yes, so we went to see the NGO2, and then after that, which barge do we go to see after that? Well, oh, then, yes. quite coincidentally, and this would have been back... It must have been at the end of lockdown, because... Yeah, because we were allowed out. Because we were allowed out, and we were allowed to go. Um, but you had to manoeuvre with masks on, and et cetera, and make sure you sanitise each wherever you went yeah so i'm imagining i can't remember exactly i imagine it was june july time yeah we went to see carpe diem yes and again looking at our vlog now carpe diem is a 49 foot dutch barge made by a company called piper yeah you need to go back and have a look at these uh the the vlogs that we've done um to get a sense of what the the boats are like but carpe diem is rather lovely Yes. See, we, we, I also belong to Dutch Barge Association and I've looked on their sort of like forum and I've discovered that, you know, why 49 feet? I mean, the situation would be, you know, why would they do that? Because, I mean, the barge we looked at, Angio 2, was 55 foot. Then we go to 49 feet and then some are 52 feet, some are 60, 65, 68. So 49 feet, we had a look. And it's just about the right size to manoeuvre around different size canals, rivers, I would imagine. I only, my only concern is that it's got a 75 horsepower engine, beta marine engine, and I'm not too sure that the cruising speed of seven knots can sort of handle some larger rivers over in Europe. What do you think, Mother? Well, uh, I, I can't see why it wouldn't be. Otherwise, it, and it actually does say on his um, on the the guy who uh, put the um, put the boat together, he or fitted it out, should I say? He actually says it's um, ready to rock and roll and go to Europe. So I would have thought he and he was very meticulous in his planning this boat. I mean, he even when he had the hull delivered or the shell delivered, he took all the ballast out. 
Yes, right. Numbered it all as he took it out and relined and re and lined underneath the ballast with um, some form of heavy duty plastic sheeting. <laughs> so I can't see why. Which, make, which would make sense because he doesn't want to scratch the hull. No. And so, Carpe Diem as a boat looked absolutely superb, but it's a 2011 boat, but fitted out in 2013. And I always worry about how long boats can sort of like last for in terms of their hull and what they might need plating, etc. So, again, going back to our first podcast, I'm after what I call free boating for at least five years, up to 10 years, so that when we buy something, we can then resell that boat back at the same price-ish. I mean, obviously, we're going to lose a little bit of money, but uh, I don't want big hits. Now, also, what tends to happen is that we're not made of money, and as you get over £100,000 for any sort of boat, any bit of metal, you start thinking, oh. <laughs> I mean, Every time I think about it, I think, <gasps> So we've, we've got to a point, whereas we... we, we it uh, actually we, we, says, sorry, I've just um, dragged the um, yeah, paperwork out, and it says, practical and comfortable size to explore the French and other European river waterways. So he must have thought this through quite, Carefully. Yeah, I know, but it's, so, it, that's mostly the sizzle to the sausage. Well, maybe. So, you maybe. know, that's encapsulated our brain thinking, oh, look at that. We're going to have some nice red wine over the river banks and the various rivers in France and Germany. Yeah, well. I tried a Riesling the other day of our German wine and uh, a bit too sweet for my liking. What do you think, my love? Yeah, no, I'm not a sweet girl. I like mine very dry and... Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, so back to Carpe Diem. Piper, 49 foot, 75 horsepower on the Beta Marine engine. He did a fantastic job fitting her out because um, it was all done in various oak, distressed oak. He awed the oak, etc. Um, even down to his French lookalike cupboards, and it looks very chic indeed. So, please check that out on our vlog, Carpe Diem. Wow, the Carpe Diem. Yeah, it's it's it says here reflect it's she's fitted out to reflect the continental rustic feel. Yes, and uh, <clears throat> my only concerns, and I do have concerns because I'm a, I remember I have I'm the worrier, so I like to worry. If I'm not worrying, then I'm worrying that I'm not worrying. Is that inspection holes or how can I say most hatches? Pa- hatches, that's it. Because the last thing we want to be doing is going down anywhere and then suddenly you dis- you have a leak. And then before you know it, you have to then rip up the floor to make sure where that leak's coming from, etc. So <clears throat> if we move ahead with any Dutch barge, I think what I might have to do is incorporate hatches, or what I call wine cellars. Wine locker. A wine locker. So then we can open that up and there we are. No! Yeah, with, with, well, uh, the Carpe Diem doesn't have that. Uh, wine locker so but there are inspection hatches apparently there's one underneath the fridge that'll be handy to get to when you need to it's actually just it's, it's, when i say inspection hatch i think you have to send in your sort of like a torch with a, a camera on to check where things are mm. so going back to my wine locker this is what it'd be like if we opened it up <laughs> the one on the um what's that one called pannier 
The pannier. Pannier. Oh, we're moving on to the pannier. No, no, no. I'm just talking about if you look at the pannier uh, thingy um, vlog, you'll see it has got and and they call it a wine locker, but it's more like a more like a chest, like you say. It's it's absolutely enormous. You could get probably half a year's wine in there. You know. Well, I've been looking at some blogs, and if you want to check this online as well, there's a blog out there called Wonderlust, and it, I think they. they they actually do blog about going to some French places or French uh, wineries and they buy all these bottles of wine and check out their locker. And all I can say is uh, when we when we go wine hunting, I think they buy in bulk over there in France as well, which is a good sign. So <laughs> That just means you drink more. No, I know, but it also what it does, it, we can tell which wines go quite well by the amount of stock being moved. That's true. That's very so, true. So, you know, but again. But then you just know what you like, so. We I'm certainly do. Willing to try anything, but I do, I, both of us know exactly what we do like. So, so we're talking about wine, so we're going to do wine, wine of, of the, the week. week. Over to you, Sarah. So we popped to Marks and Spencer's this week, and we got we picked up, and I, I'm sure I'm going to get... Um, Get what? Uh, corrected on this. Vidiccio. 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 Um, it's an Italian. So the correct wine bottle we've got in our hands is a Vidiccio di Castile di Jesse. Okay. Do you like that? Yes. <laughs> I, I, I think we should have more of an Italian. Uh, Vidiccio di Castile di Jesse. <laughs> sound like that Italian chef. <laughs> So that's that's a thirteen percent volume wine, which is quite strong, really, as a white wine. It's it, it's white. The taste is pear and tropical floral notes. Yes, it, so it's complex and crisp. I like crisp. We do. We like to chill our wines, maybe just a bit too much, just to sort of like not to take away the actual taste of the wine because it's no, it gets ruined if it's too cold. Like all good white wines, this is. Great with fish, chicken, and salads. Yes, and I just noticed, which I think is quite interesting, it's also suitable for vegans. Ah, so that's quite interesting. And you can pair this wine with fish, chicken, and salads because it's quite a light, crispy wine. Does anybody notice that my husband doesn't listen to what I'm saying? I do. I've just said that. What did you say? About fish, chicken, salads. there you are then so we said it twice so i'm gonna say when i say that fish chicken and salad it's obviously drizzled with some fantastic olive oil and sort of like um some lovely dressing it comes from the marsh region of of central italy as well so uh, and the word verdi verd verdi it means green yellow hue so that's the complexity of that wine. If you pour it out into a nice glass, and like, this is how we do in terms of our drinking, the finer the wine, the finer the glass. Indeed. And I remember once we went to a, um, a place called Winteringham Fields, which is just up in North Lincolnshire here. It's a, it's a Michelin-style restaurant, and they gave us Louis Roderer champagne in some of these lovely, lovely glasses. And... Uh, it was a bit scary. <laughs> they were that fine. I thought it might sort of. Like... Wasn't scary. It was stupid. We were paying twenty pound a glass. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, we've learned our lesson. We don't pay for the extra champagne. No, we just days. all we do now is buy the finer glasses. So again, uh, we're just going to go heart back to the glasses. Make sure you have some nice, beautiful glasses to complement any decent wine because it does go down extremely well. And I'd imagine this being quite light with some nice pasta as well, don't you think? Indeed, sort of fish. indeed. You know what they call if it? You, if you if you find it, buy six. Don't just buy one or two because you'll find next time you go back to it, like we do when we go down to Marks and Spencers, there's none left. Yes, people like us, we don't just buy the one bottle, and I, I suppose that's bulk buying, isn't it? But mm. we, we know that each time we do go there, if it's there, then we make sure we stock up because it's absolutely beautiful. So that's wine of the week. What are we going to talk about now? So we've talked about Angio 2, we've touched on Carpe Diem. I don't, I don't think we've done justice to Carpe Diem, so we need to go back there. Well, it's absolutely, it, it, it was, it's quite a shocking boat as well. And the reason it's shocking is because it's not like everybody else's. It is a one-off, completely unique. Um, it's not laid out, the bedroom's not laid out like all the rest of them are. It is, oh, it's amazing. Yeah, I, I've noticed that some of the Dutch barge, in terms of fitted space or wardrobes, they don't half throw it in. And to be quite honest with you, when, again, we look at the pannier and we look at the Sappho, the amount of cupboard space is like you'd have a bedroom and each wall would have cupboard space on that just wouldn't happen so we we don't mind space or cupboard space but we, we, have, we, we haven't got that have much gear of, really well we won't have a lot of gear and we won't be taking a lot will we um, no. but no so it is and it's all oh it just is so beautiful the only thing is and that this this is us we're saying now is that we would like if you look at the vlog, you'll see it's got quite a large leather settee in it. And we're thinking about maybe having a built-in settee with storage underneath so that we've got a bit of extra storage now. So we've just contradicted ourselves there. <laughs> um, and it needs some other bits and pieces. So it doesn't have solar currently. Um, no, but which we... Which, which we Excuse me. Put your teeth in, love. Yes, I will do. It's a, a bit of a tongue twister, that one. Uh, the fact that we're going to put on our Dutch barge some solar, and I've been reading up about solar, so you'd have grids of so much to make sure it copes with the, the amount of power coming through to charge. And we're going to also look at um, solar. What else are we going to look at? Wind. Maybe having a little turbine. Um yeah, so so we can sit. So if we ever decide that somewhere we want to sort of live off grid for a, p- a p- period of time, we can sit there and go, "Oh, that's quite nice." And then uh, you're talking about somewhere in on the continent where we've been shopping and no, I'm talking North boating. Yorkshire. Oh, I see. I know where you mean now. Um, but yeah, when we when we've filled the boat up with food and wine and take ourselves off somewhere um, isolated and live off grid for a couple of weeks or you know um a period of time so that we can just relax and watch the wildlife and watch the you know things that go by yes sarah and i have this game not not forget of course we love people watching but we also have another game and it's 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 all about wildlife and we may go for a walk but in that within that walk we give points to certain things like for example um i think a cormorant might be a two points 
Phillips, uh, Kingfisher ten points, Pike two points, and stuff like that. So we then and we herons had, for some unknown reason are twenty eight points. Yeah, that was the time of my cheating. Malarkey. <laughs> <laughs> so, heron twenty eight points. Ooh. and our and our um, uh, nearest canal is the Ancombe, and uh, um, then yeah, uh, we know we saw otter. Now otter, we saw otter once, and that would have been something like a fifty pointer. Yeah, it was, that was pretty special. A glimpse, but and to know that they're there. The, the game has to be that the person has to see it as well. So you can't just say, oh, well, what a 50 points. And then I say, no, not claimed, purely because I haven't seen it as well. So it needs to be claimed to be seen. So what we do is we walk along, obviously just having a, a pleasant walk, etc. We play these, I suppose it's my brain, is it? It is. Needs entertaining all the time for some reason. And then I'll get my binoculars out. I've just bought a new set of binoculars or a pair of binoculars. And uh, as opposed to uh, having our little, um, what are they called? Bush Lum ones, which I bought 20 years ago from, <laughs> from, e- from eBay, thinking they're going to be like, wow. They were rather smaller than we were expecting. <laughs> They've lasted though, haven't they? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So well, and we still got them, unlike the other pair that we bought, which... Well, we yeah, think no, we're we left lost. on a gatepost. Yes, we have a tendency to sort of forget things. I just, well, the other day, I'm thinking to myself, well, where are my headphones gone? Because when we go to work, or, and as you know from the first uh, podcast, we, we do cleaning. We've got a cleaning company, and we do holiday cover. So I always get my headphones, and I listen to our Audible. And yesterday, I lost my headphones. That was a bit of a drama for you. It was, because without my headphones... I'm lost and I can't ho- listen to my Audible, in, especially when you're hoovering. So uh, we hope that when we're doing these podcasts, you're going to take us to wherever you go to listen to your podcasts. Because I do my podcast while I'm at work. So Yes, we're so that. we want you to have your ears on. We call them ears, headphones on, so that when, when you're doing this and you're having a quiet moment to yourself, you can sit back and say... These two English people. <laughs> I thought you were going to say these two idiots. <laughs> well, these two nutters who decided to give up the rat race, and we have. We're in the process, quite close to exchange contracts on this house, and we're fairly close on our Leeds apartment as well. But before we do Leeds, and in terms of selling it, we're going to take you on a vlog, and as well as do a podcast around the Leeds area, because I love Leeds, I love Granary Wharf. Well, hopefully, we'll be taking a boat of some description, yes. um, two leads, on and, Wolf and more we'll up do there. a um, a podcast from the wheelhouse in Leeds. That'll be fantastic. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Get on them. Sorry about that. That was the. Uh, there, there seems to be people behind us for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> So yes, we're, so we've we've talked about Carpe Diem again. Carpe Diem forty nine for. I the question I have to ask myself is that enough space to be a liverboard for Sarah to cope with what I am like in terms of a person. I'm not scruffy or dirty. What I do do is I tend to leave things out only because I don't know about you guys, but men work in organised chaos. We know exactly where things are. No, you don't. You couldn't find your shoes yesterday morning. It's typical that when you go into a workplace and look at a man's sort of like desk compared to a woman's desk, you'll notice that theirs is all over the show. 
this is a bit of a sweeping statement. It is a bit of a sweeping statement. That's the only way I can describe the way I live in terms of my organisation. For example, now I've got my desk. We're on our road car to Pro. I have an Apple Mac and we've got some sort of SD cards scattered around. I've got a checkbook, got sort of like bits and bobs. But I know exactly where things are. It's only, mm. the only problem comes when someone tidies it up. And before you know it, God knows, it's gone. Yes, well, if it, I didn't tidy up, old Trebus boy here would be crawling to the lounge through his tunnel of boxes. At least I'll know where it is. <laughs> yes, So exactly. what are we going to do? We've done blast. Oh, no, we haven't done blast. Ready? Blast, blast from, from the, the past. past. <laughs> See, we, we have to do these things just to make sure we can fill the time. <coughs> so blast from the past i said to sarah the other day because we think about our episodes and this is the second episode views from the wheelhouse and blast from the past is going back to when we were about oh i'm just gonna have to report in the sun is trying to come out hallelujah yeah (laughs) great that's great hang on let's see what we can have for that then um this is for the sun coming out there you are there, the sun is coming out i did say to you i think well no actually on our uh, weather app it looked like it was going to rain all day and just gave you certain percentages as per per rain oh well blast. sun is trying to come out so there so you blast are. from the past so the situation is this what was your first car so we're going to tell you what ours are and we'd like you to comment yeah, tell and us tell what us you. what you got for your first car Exactly, because it's very important that we got to the point, whereas at, in England, you can drive at 17, can't you? Yep. Do you, can you drive at, you can't drive at 16. No. no. You can have a well, motorbike. you can have a motorbike. I don't understand the... the, the yeah, so you can, you can have a motorbike up to a 125cc, I believe, no, actually no, a 50cc, which is like little hair dryers. And I remember mine being, a, what was it, an ER50. That's why I asked, I was going to ask someone on their uh, podcast what, what bike they had. But anyway, so you get to 17 years of age. The, this is like freedom. You need to get your driving car, driver lessons and driving license done. Yeah, especially when you live like I did, and the nearest so the Out bus, on the sticks. yeah, the bus came through the village twice a day. Once to pick the school children up, and then the second time to drop us off from school. And if you wanted to get on a bus any time other than that, you had to walk a mile to the uh, end of the road to uh, get on the main road to to uh, get on the bus. So yeah. So I wasn't so bad, but again, we're still sort of living in the suburbs as opposed to sort of like stick sticks. And yes, so it means ever so much to an English person or anyone really about getting on the roads and driving. So lessons. I had, I reckon, about 20 lessons in total because, again, affordability at that time. Oh, that's so expensive now, though. I don't know how much it is now. I think it's about, what, 50 quid an hour or something? I don't know. I think it's about 15 quid an hour. 15? Yeah. Well, I don't know. No, I think so. There you are. So Comment, we're, we're, tell well, us how much it is. <laughs> how much is it an hour? Because I know some people... I might just Google that and see. Who, ...who basically do, what, 60 lessons. So I did 20 lessons, but false economy, really, because it took me three goes or three attempts to pass my driving licence. Sarah, how, am I, how, how long did it take you? I passed my first time. 
I always say that the rubbish drivers pass Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> I pass mine on a Thursday, market day, in the little town that I lived nearby, at lunchtime. Yeah, it so, was crazy. So that was a couple of stalls and a couple of whatever. No, it was a busy Maybe a tractor mar- going past. It was a busy marketplace <laughs> in Whitney in Oxfordshire. And... Uh, and I uh, passed it first time, so I'm quite pleased with myself. I'd like to point out that credit goes to my um, late stepfather, who the night before took me, because I couldn't reverse around a corner to save my life, and we reversed around pretty much every corner in Whitney that evening before yeah, I well finally, done. Well done. finally got it into my fat head as to what I was supposed to be doing. Yes, unfortunately, I what I did, I had my first test in Aldershot, and then I put my second test in the same time as I put my first test in, so it wasn't that far apart from each other. Failed at Aldershot, failed at Farnborough, took my third test back in Aldershot, and I, and I, I was so thankful my back was so sweaty, it was like terrible. But anyway, I passed third go. But I would say it was mostly within about sort of like six months, so that was all right, We're up Upman Adam. Oh, apparently it's about £24 for a driving lesson in Great Britain in 2020. Yeah, so if you had 30 lessons, what's that work out to be? 324s? A lot. Yes. Can't do that in my head. Comments below. Can't do that in her head. So after my first car, and it was at the time when people were allowed to drive with mates who just passed their test, and that's what... I, I actually may blame that my tests, how many I took, on because I had friends who'd passed before me and they were sat next to me. That mean that meant I could drive. So you can go out driving, but you have to have a, a driver. I don't a, think you're allowed to do it now. No, I think I, they have to have been passed for a certain amount of time. All right. I remember Puggy, one of my mates, who had a beetle. And as we were walking through the sort of village of Yately in Hampshire, we sort of looked around and said, oh, there's Puggy. <laughs> In his beetle. No one sat next to him. <laughs> you mean he hadn't passed? <laughs> I don't think he'd passed his test. Anyway. So people take it. That's how, how it meant so much to us over here because it's like total freedom. You're out and about. And then suddenly you then, I, I actually wasn't given a car. I had to get a bank loan for my first car. My first car was a Mini and it was an Innocenti Cooper. 1300. Mm, get you. Twin carbs. <laughs> well, what was yours you i had a mini a blue mini i couldn't tell you what horsepower or anything else about it it was just a blue mini and it was freedom yeah so, so please comment in, in the comments to say what car your first car i mean i i imagine the americans great cars you have over there that uh, it'd be nice to know what what you do in terms of how what age you can drive at and also what you can have in terms of any car. I suppose you can have any car, what you can afford. But I'd love to have something some like a Dodge or something like that. So anyway, that's that's going to us in terms of blast from the past, our first cars, both minis. Second car, there was a Vauxhall Viva. Second car was another mini, another blue mini. The first, the first Enichenti Cooper, I... I put it in a Thames Valley Trader, which is an t- auto trader magazine, on a Thursday night. And then that Thursday night I put that in, I hit a parked car. And <laughs> 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 wrote it off. <laughs> That's why I had to go to a Vauxhall Viva. 
So anyway, we don't move on. So what were we going to go back to Carpe Doom again? Yes, I thought it was a wonderful boat. Maybe not as as large or as long as we wanted it. The beam across was okay. The interior was okay. It is quite classy. I uh, think okay is a bit of a... Yes, but we don't want to let on, do we, baby? Yeah, what well, well, don't want to let on too much, just in case somebody else goes and buys it. You can't say that, can you? <laughs> so... <clears throat> It, so, was, it was lovely. So though. we'll take you next week to the Pania and the Sappho and uh, we can just talk about those two Dutch barges and how, I suppose... And we might also touch on one that we saw that isn't on a vlog. So you can look at the vlog for the Pania and the Sappho. Have you put the Sappho out? Sappho out? Yes, it's just gone out now. Oh, right, okay. I mean, that, that was... Ta-da! Right, Sappho. Okay. So, um, yeah. Look at that as well, vlog that, it's a barge life, Sappho. And we went, we also went to see another one who, um, and I can't remember what his name was, but he didn't really want us to video on that day, so we didn't. That was, that was another Dutch barge, another piper, and that was down in Chertsey. Yeah. And this, this marina down in Chertsey is huge, isn't it? Massive. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely massive. So so. again, what we've done, we've done a bit of homework as well in terms of, uh, finding moorings or marinas for Dutch barges and they tend not to sort of like say Nobody yes. Nobody wants you, do they? No, they don't. It's not like, oh, hello, we've got a nice, oh, we're thinking about, blah, 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 blah. have you got any, no, sorry, narrow boats yeah. or anything. Uh, well, I can understand it because narrow boats obviously slit down those channels or their, their uh, pontins or whatever. And I suppose it's all about money, but I don't know. That, another reason why I think they're 49 feet and I do waffle on a bit is over in Europe that, Anything over 50, they charge you double. I think we touched on that one as well last week, didn't we? Yes, I think we did, yeah. But anyway, so what we're going to talk about now to finish off is we've done Wine of the Week, we've done Blast from the Past, we've done, have we done Rant of the Week? Yeah, the weather. Oh yes, the British weather. And <clears throat> I just also want to touch on the Shires, England. And the reason why I say that is because I want to picture our friends from America listening to our podcast just imagine the hobbits and the shires. That's that's England. That's what England's like. It's all about we're in North Lincolnshire. Don't you think this is a bit mean? Because all these poor Americans, well, a lot of people all over the world can't travel anywhere. No, why is it mean? I'm just trying to... Hopefully you've got your ears on or headphones on. I'm just taking you to a world of shires. Oh, I see. The, the, the world of shires is not it's not sort of like glistening with sun and perfect sort of like blackbirds tweeting or robins in the garden. It's sometimes overcast, dreary, raining. Our sunshine's just gone again. We had a, a, a brief couple of <laughs> yeah, minutes of you, it. You jinxed us on the actually saying it was coming out. Yes, so I did. I'm going to also next podcast we'll talk about music because it's nice to know what type of music some people sort of like. How can I say, lent towards? Oh, get off on. Pardon? <laughs> no, I said not. People <laughs> not like that, obviously. <laughs> no, I just want to mean that. When yeah, some people are. Uh, Sarah's got an uh, eclectic type of uh, music yeah, passion. Like everything, which is good because much. you know I was used to be. Back in the days on a Saturday listening to Radio London, I think it was, with Robbie Vincent and whoever it was, downloading and recording my soul funk. 
and all that. I like everything from ABBA to ZZ Top. ABBA. Can you remember? <sighs> Love ABBA. Can you remember when people said, oh, yes, I like Kylie Minogue. And they went, oh, no, you did. You? Oh, no, I like Kylie as well. See, She's now right. everyone likes Kylie. Yeah. So, I, I don't care what they what the snobs say. I like if it's good music, it's good music, and that's it. So thank you for stopping by. It's the real pleasure that you've actually come by. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you to all the people who listened to the episode one. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yes, we uh, we had a few people, and some people will look like this. <laughs> <laughs> you have to excuse me. I'm having a little bit of a play on my thing here. And what we got to understand is when you look in the wine cellar. Oh. <laughs> anyway, thanks for stopping by. It's been a real pleasure. I hope we haven't bored you too much. And uh, again, episode two views from the wheelhouse. Don't forget to check the vlogs out. Yeah, check us on YouTube. It's a barge life and have a, have a view. You can actually see or put a, um, how can I say, a face to a voice. A face to a name. Face to a name because we don't talk so much in depth on our vlogs, but we will do because next time it will be when we're on the Dutch barge, views from the wheelhouse. But I think it's going to take another <sighs> couple of months at least because we're in lockdown now. And we are in tier three. Yeah. So and it's lockdown plus lockdown. I do feel sorry for the sort of like the hospitality uh, situation out there in Britain. I mean, they seem to be apart from Scotland in different tiers. However, tier threes, this they can't open. So I, I don't, I don't understand it because you can go down the local sort of supermarket. Everyone's mixing. They're actually closer than what they do in pubs. And I think the pubs and and hairdressers do a fantastic job with this. Distancing. Well, they had they got given the rules, didn't they? And they've all spent lots of money, and, they have, and getting themselves organised. And um, I mean, this is going to be the end of the British pub as we know it. And let me just say this: we will fight tooth and nail to make sure that the British pub is still the heart of any village or town because it is. I mean, I've been into some pubs in my time where you actually walk through that door and then you see about 40 or 50 heads go... (laughs) 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 And before you know it, after a couple of pints, you're joking and and whatever, you know, uh, perhaps they do something on the wherever they do things. But anyway, so thanks ever so much for watching. Thank you. Thanks a lot. See you next time. Thank you.